Welcome to the Well Woman Show, where we use intersectional feminism, mindfulness, leadership, and strategy to support smart women to change the world without anxiety, insecurity, and burnout. On the show, we challenge the status quo and support you to unlearn harmful messages that keep you playing small so you can activate your superpowers and live with joy, confidence, and ease. I'm your host, Giovanna Rossi. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Well Woman Show, where we lift up women's voices, leadership, and wellness. Women have faced centuries of marginalization, discrimination, and the erasure of our voices and knowledge, particularly women of color and indigenous women. By elevating the perspectives and experiences of all women, we challenge dominant narratives and empower women to reclaim our rightful place in shaping our collective well-being. Today, we have a very special guest joining us, Dr. Corrine Okua Pipovi Sanchez. She's the executive director of Tewa Women United, located in the ancestral Tewa homelands of northern New Mexico. Tewa Women United is a multicultural and multiracial organization founded and led by Native women dedicated to nurturing and celebrating the collective power of beloved families, communities, and Earth Mother. Dr. Sanchez, with her profound experience and the co-creation process at Tewa Women United over the past 34 years, has been at the forefront of building Indigenous knowledge and ensuring that Indigenous voices are uplifted and heard. As an expert in forensic interviewing, sexual assault intervention, and prevention, Dr. Sanchez not only assists Indigenous women on their individual healing journeys, but also plays a crucial role in policymaking to ensure the inclusion and representation of Indigenous voices within our legislative systems. Through the courageous spaces provided by Tewa Women United, Dr. Sanchez empowers Indigenous women and girls to reconnect with their ancestral knowingness, tap into their healing strengths, and embrace life ways that benefit the well-being of all. In today's conversation, we'll dive deep into the multifaceted ways Dr. Sanchez supports Indigenous women, both on an individual level and through her advocacy and policymaking. We'll explore the vital importance of centering Indigenous voices and experiences to drive transformative change in our society, and how centering Indigenous women and building knowledge contributes to the cultivation of collective power. We'll discuss ways in which wisdom, experiences, and leadership enrich our understanding of well-being and propel us toward a more equitable and sustainable future. Get ready for an enlightening and empowering interview as we learn from Dr. Sanchez's expertise and gain a deeper understanding of why building Indigenous knowledge is foundational to wellness for all. As always, all the links and information are at wellwomanlife.com slash 315show. The Well Woman Show is thankful for support from the Well Woman Academy at wellwomanlife.com slash academy. Join us in the academy for community, mindfulness practices, and strategy to live your well woman life. I'm speaking with Corrine Okua Pipovi Sanchez. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So glad to be here with you, Giovanna. It's great to have you. We were talking before we started recording. Haven't seen you in a long time. We had shared some work in the past and it's good to reconnect and and have you on the Well Woman Show. I'm excited to 
have you share with listeners your work and about you as a leader. And I just wanted to start, Corrine, with who are you in the world today? I am an auntie. I'm a very proud auntie. I'm a sister. I am a cousin. I'm a best friend, a daughter, executive director of Tewa Women United, advocate for women and girls, um, indigenous women and girls, really hold closely the philosophy of, or the ability of for us to heal ourselves and heal others along that path. Yeah, I think that's who I am in the world. I love it. Thank you for sharing that. I think as women, we hold so many identities and it's great to acknowledge all of the different parts of ourselves that we bring to life and to our work. So Corrine, I would love to know, I I know you've been with Tewa Women United a long time. What are you working on now and how does it impact the lives of women and families? Yes, I've been with Tewa Women United most of my adult life, I want to say. You know, the women started the organization when I was just graduating from high school and I was going off to college. And so it was amazing to come back during breaks and times to hear and learn what was happening. And a lot of the work that we are focusing on and have been and continue to focus on is about helping provide spaces, brave spaces, courageous spaces for women and girls to find their voice and their presence in the world. We come from communities that have been impacted by colonization and genocide and sexism, racism, classism, all the oppressions you want to name. And, you know, growing up in my community, witnessing violence, hearing a lot of the violence and the way it was impacting Native women, Indigenous women and girls, and our Earth Mother. So from our very, very early days, Tay Women United has focused on environmental justice, environmental health. We live downwind from Los Alamos National Laboratory. We actually share a border with Los Alamos National Laboratory, where there is currently a chromium plume that is threatening to cross the border there and impact our community. And so having had this knowledge since I was growing up about the importance of, you know, plant life, our relatives, our animal relatives, air, the land, the water, to our life in general, right? If without air and water, we we all we all would perish. And so really recognizing as cultural people who come from this area, this holds our most sacred lands and our most sacred springs, our waters, you know, our first breath and our first in our naming ceremonies, we we pass water to each other. And so it's really critical that we have and ensure that wellness and well-being for future generations to come. And then as women, we also experience violence that's directed at us, right? So sexual violence, genocide, and colonization were utilize the tool of sexual violence against people, rape and murder, assault. And so really recognizing how that's also been internalized in our families and our communities as women in our community, gender non-conforming people, LGBTQAI peoples, it's really critical for us to, to look at and address that violence on all levels, on mind, body, heart, and spirit. And as a survivor of violence, I think I come and bring that to this work around, you know, the difficult journey it is to heal, the difficult journey it is to let go and also to forgive and understand that there are multiple circumstances in which violence is used as a tool and that, and that internalized oppression is often part of that. So 
it's not an easy journey to healing in our communities. And I think Tewa Women United has really focused on that aspect of healing across generations. We believe as we heal ourselves, we heal our ancestors, and we also heal the future of our children. So we transform that future, which is for me very powerful for us to look at how we are healers to one another, no matter what age we are. So even young people are healers to other young people, um, women to women across race and across gender. We believe in a lot of in that peer support circles. So having grown up and witnessed, you know, women transforming the world from my community, from my aunts to relatives to women throughout the eight Northern and Tewa speaking communities was really powerful. Mm-hmm. And so now that I'm in this role of executive director, it's been an amazing journey, right? To, to grow up as a youth organizer around environmental justice issues, to then develop, um, help develop our sexual violence program, our voices program. I was a forensic interviewer for a long time, developed multidisciplinary teams and protocols for investigation of child sexual abuse. And then to look at the prevention side, right? Like, so in those 20 some years that we've had you know, our our sexual violence program and our environmental justice program, things weren't really shifting much, right? If you look at the criminal justice system and, and things that are happening, and then now in current day situations where we see the overturning of Roe v. Wade and our reproductive justice and our reproductive rights being impacted around abortion care and abortion care access, which is really about healthcare for us as women. So I think, again, not seeing much shift. Now we're really kind of focusing on prevention work. And part of that prevention work is around doula creation of a doula program, our doula project, our Yia Vikegendi doula project. So we trained doulas in the community to support first-time moms and moms that are in high-risk situations or are just struggling with support and reclaiming that birthing space because that has also been taken away from us in in a medical model. And really looking at how we were there to support one another across generations. And then also realizing that a lot of our plant medicine, our wisdom around remedios was also taken as we went and shifted to this medical model. To now we're actually developed curricula to train doulas in all aspects to serve our community because we also know our communities are impacted by different types of circumstances, right? Substance using parents, again, still violence directed at women and violence is often heightened for pregnant women. And now that we've taken away, the the courts have taken away, Supreme Court has taken away that Roe v. Wade and access to abortion care, you know, that critical health aspects for women is also being impacted. And so I, I think we have to continue to remain vigilant and to be able to learn different types of medicinal tools that we had, plants that we had, relatives that we had um, to help us through different times. And we also address trauma, right? Historical trauma, intergenerational trauma, and individual complex trauma. And part of that is using ancient wisdom. So breath work from India, yoga work, we know that's really powerful. Um, Again, our plant relatives around um, saging, burning um, water, water ceremonies, baths, things like that, that are also critical in releasing trauma and healing trauma in in many ways. So mm-hmm. I feel like Te Women United through all of this has then come to this place of prevention. So for our young people, if we want to address sexual violence, we need to look at healthy sexuality and body sovereignty. Um, so I'm really proud, you know, in the legislature that we're looking at um, 
positive affirmative consent. Prior and informed consent is where Indigenous people come from in our land, our air, and our, our water, and our bodies. And so to see this movement and to see people coming around sex positivity, body positivity, um, and embracing those types of also positive ways, but healing ways so that we can then shift that impact. And we've also been working with uh, around a healthy masculinities project, mm. just released a toolkit with a community partners of ours, because again, a lot of that violence that's directed at us as women is coming from our masculine folks, our male folks in our lives. So being able to, you know, knowing that we can't just as women focus, we we can only do so much in our healing and our path. And we have to have that partnership and mutuality of, um, of care. Thank you so much for sharing all of that, Dr. Sanchez. And I want to just dig in a little bit to a couple of things that you shared. There was so much in in that. And I think that gives listeners a really great idea of the breadth and depth of your work. And what really struck me was how you work at such a high, like broad kind of global policy level in many ways. And then you also bring it right down to the individual. And I wonder if you could just share a little bit for uh, maybe other policy people or advocates or leaders out there listening or people who want to be involved in this healing their communities. How do you hold both the large larger like policy work and and community-wide systems work with also attention to individual healing. And like you said, healing ancestors and healing ourselves and healing our future children. How do you hold both of those? And do you have any advice for others trying to do this work? I feel like a part of our strength is really leaning into our our spirituality and being grounded in our core values that come from our Tewa communities. We have uh, our Tewa Women United interpretation of those core values because, again, the six Tewa-speaking pueblos here in New Mexico are sovereign nations and have oral language, right, and don't have an agreed-upon written ways that it should be written or pronounced. And so when we go back, we say it's it's Tewa Women United's interpretation of those core values and and our, our language and our community in different ways. And we believe in a multiplicity, right? We believe in simultaneity, that there's many things and many truths that can exist at one time. And so we also operate around fluidity. So being able to move in and out of systems and structures to recognize that you don't have a society without individuals and we're interconnected. And so we have to have that broad approach because we are impacted as individuals by an education, health, environment, and all of those have policies that go with them, right? And so we have to really understand. And I feel like for us, being able to have some direct service along with that policy work, because your policy work needs to be informed by the people that you're serving. It cannot be disconnected from that. In order to improve their the health and well-being of individuals, we need to listen to what their needs are and then to be able to then bring that to the legislative bodies or policies that we implement. You know, we implement policies in on our family units, we implement policies in our workspace, we implement mm-hmm. policies in our educational systems and our and our state systems. And so we're not devoid of 
being involved in policy. We really like to help people understand like they're making policies when they're choosing to buy healthy food or <laughs> sit down at dinner and put phones aside and really concentrate on one another. Those are policies. And, and then when you get to the to broader level of the state, you also have a voice in those policies that are being put forward. And we need to voice that to people, right? And as legislative people and people in power and administration and others, we need to be able to listen, sit back and listen, and then hear different perspectives, and then hopefully move in the direction of supporting the the majority of the, the best that we can, right? Mm. As communal people in our tribal communities, we're about the the community and that communalness, you know, and we often don't see the individuality, but we need to be able to see both. We need to be able to see people as individuals and also part of collectives. And I think that that's sometimes difficult for us to do. Absolutely. I'm speaking with Dr. Corrine Sanchez, Executive Director of Tewa Women United, and we'll be right back. For 25 years, I've been working in social justice and systems change because when women and girls thrive, families thrive and whole communities thrive. What I realized through my work was that there are systems at play that work to keep women leaders functioning at half their capacity because of overwork, overwhelm, and burnout. The very nature of our linear strategic systems of power that have worked so well for so many high-achieving women are the exact reason we're crashing and burning at such high rates. So we end up with highly capable women leaders who are unable to realize their potential, whether it's in their health, their relationships, career, prosperity, or social impact. I'm Giovanna Rossi, host of The Well Woman Show on NPR. And what I do is work with high achieving women leaders who feel stuck in their careers, overwhelmed by trying to do it all, facing a health crisis or unhappy in their relationships so that they can finally enjoy life again, be the leader they know they can be and make the impact they're here to make with their families and communities. It's my mission to use a feminist lens and the Well Woman Life framework to challenge the status quo and dismantle systems that work to maintain unequal power so that all women can thrive as leaders in their communities and families. Get started on your Well Woman leadership journey by applying for the group program at wellwomanlife.com slash academy. We're back on the Well Woman Show with Dr. Corrine Sanchez, Director of Tewa Women United. We've been talking about her work and we're going into a segment called Superpowers for Success, where we really can learn more about you as a leader and hopefully share lessons and insights with other listeners and leaders uh, tuning in. So Dr. Sanchez, I'd like to start with just asking you, what does success in life mean for you? I think it for me, it means to have a positive influence on people that I come in contact with. Most important for me is to have influence and positive influence on my nieces and my nephews, my cousins, you know, my relatives, and then to carry that into every interaction that I have with people. And I think part of that piece is just really being kind and compassionate, right? Listening to people, hearing and being able to offer what support it can if they're in in the space of need. And I also believe in healthy boundaries as well, you know, coming from, you know, community that's impacted by violence, family that's impacted by violence, that also we need to have healthy boundaries to be able to say no in the work that we do with 
women, it's often the hardest because, you know, the saying that we can't pour from an empty cup is so mm-hmm. true. And our families are so dependent on us as women um, that we often sacrifice ourselves. And so there's also a place where we need to put that care back into ourselves so that we can be regenerative and be able to then offer that more fully to those that we come in contact with. Because when we're exhausted and tired, it's often hard to do that, right? Um, Absolutely. When did you know you were really good at what you do? I just turned 50 um, a couple, two years ago, right? I'm going to be 52 this year. And I really feel like I've just barely come into really like my power um, where I've like, feel like I've had enough life experience and these things where I'm more confident to be able to say no and learning how to say no and, you know, spreading myself too thin. Is there a moment in your work where you thought, where you just knew that you, this was your life's path, like this is the work you wanted to contribute? I think, you know, doing the work of sexual violence as a survivor and hearing people say, right, you can't be unbiased because you've had this experience and really realizing, you know, that I was making a difference, you know, I didn't have the support I needed when I was going through the things I was going through. And there are times of wanting to, you know, end my life. And there are times of self-abuse around substance use and things like that. Then to get this opportunity to really be there for young people in their earliest moments of disclosure, where they're sharing with people what happened to them. And as a forensic interviewer, you know, it was always amazing to me that I'm a complete stranger in these young people's lives. And they're willing and and able to share their most horrendous moments with people that they loved and cared about or strangers. And for me, that was just like, you know, powerful. And then so to be able to receive that gift, right. Mm -hmm. And then also knowing how much it took for them to do that, then the responsibility to be like, okay, now we need to transform systems, right? Because systems need to really hear and understand that most young Mm -hmm. people like don't lie about what's happening to them and that we as adults often skew that for them. Right. And so then realizing like, Hey, now I have this influence on legal people, on medical people, because we're part of this MDT team. And then also having the ability to make policy and to change training for law enforcement and others. Mm -hmm. I think then I was like, wow, I think I've really come to my gift. I've really come to this place of like, I have this knowledge and this experience and people can't take that away from me, no matter how young I look, because I was often the youngest person in tables on boards and things like that. And your truth is your truth. And being able to tell young people like from three years old to like 17, because that's the range that we were interviewing, that your truth is your truth. And no matter what, that's yours, right? That's so powerful and such a good thing for anybody to really recognize and take forward, right? They're You can't take your experience away from you. Can you describe a habit that contributes to your well-being? As a spiritual person from my community, you know, growing up in our connection to spirituality, not religious institution, but spirituality is like just prayer, you know, asking for guidance from a higher being, whoever, wherever they are in times of struggle and times of pain and times of darkness. Okay. And Corrine, What superpower did you discover you had only to realize it was there all the time? 
I think I'm a very intuitive person and to be able to kind of read people and situations. And I think that really helps in facilitating coalition building, networking, all of those different pieces. Yeah, absolutely. And did you always recognize that or was it sidelined somewhat and then you had to kind of rediscover it or how did that happen for you? Yeah, I think it is like, right. That, you know, being like, I'm, you know, you're so sensitive, I think was a lot of what people say. You're so sensitive. You're so sensitive. And then thinking like, wow, it's not a good thing to be sensitive, but that's also the softness and the vulnerability where people connect with you. Yes, absolutely. What advice would you give your younger self, say 25 year old? I would say, believe in yourself don't doubt like what you're feeling and you're experiencing. And those experiences have also led to to the ability to be where I'm at today, right? So there's moments and times where I'm like, why did I go through this abuse? And then other times where I'm like, you know, this was really powerful piece to help me really understand where people are at, young people are at and vulnerability. And Dr. Sanchez, do you identify as a feminist? I do. I think we've had these different discussions uh, in our community around feminism. Is that like a, a white woman thing? Is it, you know, but I'm a feminist. I am. I believe in the power of women and the power of gendered female folks to, to make difference. And last question for you. What are you reading right now? What's on your nightstand? I have a pile of books that I haven't gotten through. I'm reading a lot on Brene Brown, Dare to Lead. I'm trying to get through the Atlas of the Heart. You know, as as a woman in this position, in an organization, trying to find things that resonate and to find models that really look at vulnerability as a strength and not as a weakness, to find, you know, just the people humanness in leading that's not like totally corporate and, you know, these different aspects. Okay, good. Well, we will link to some of those in the show notes. And I'm just wondering also on that note of books, are there native authors that you would also turn to for that kind of thing to do with your work on healing and generational trauma. Maria Yellowhorse Braveheart is, you know, someone that we've had engaged in our work in the early years. And her work is always profound around un- unresolved grief um, and that historical trauma um, healing pieces. Bonnie Duran and Eduardo Duran, you know, their their works were early influence. Braiding Sweetgrass, right, I think has been a, a really powerful piece around plant medicine and our knowledge and our healing. There are some of, of a few that are out there. That's great. And and I think that listeners would be very interested in those. And I just have one other thing I wanted to ask you, which is in your work, which has bridged like work inside your community and then also work in sort of mainstream policy and educational systems. Do you feel you're able to show up fully as you in all of your wisdom and traditions? And um, if not, have you had to adapt to to be able to succeed? Yeah, I don't think I, I have, right? Like I feel like being intuitive is really ability to read a room. And as a survivor of violence, it's also been able to read situations and um, be able to protect yourself, right? Like, so I may say things in certain spaces that I may not say in other spaces. 
I think as I've gotten to this age, I'm more blunt. I'm more able to put it forward, right? But there are, there are spaces that aren't safe for people of color to speak out on, right? Like I feel like there's this bystander kind of training um, where you they want you to intervene, but there's also domestic violence situations where it can turn really deadly and dangerous, right? So again, it's really important and not to judge people to say, oh, well, why didn't you speak out here and there? You know, I'm also not, in my younger years, I may have been in protests and things as I'm older. I'm, and that's not necessarily the space I feel um, I can make the most impact or that will have the most impact in, at times. So I think that ability to read the spaces, it is critical for those in power to have people like myself and others in those spaces. Because if you're creating policy that's going to impact our families and our communities, who best to make those than those that are impacted by it um, and have lived in those communities and those spaces and can give voice to it. You know, so we're kind of trying to transform some spaces like the Maternal Mortality Review Committee um, mm-hmm. that's not so professionalized and is bringing in community voices because it's around death, right? It's around yeah. our, our mothers and their experiences and holding systems accountable. And so for me, I, I believe that we should be in those spaces and we need to be in those spaces. And unfortunately, there's so few of us right now that people look to and see that it's hard for us to be in every space. Like Table Mini United is often called into these spaces. And it's like, you know, for us to be able to set that boundary to say no. And there's others that are out here that you can bring in and you can talk to. Yeah. So I think it's still, we need to do a lot more education. You know, we come from our work from the center. We're, we're not in the margins, right? We're in the center. And that's where um, we should have those that are most vulnerable to any policy that we're looking at. They should be in the center of it and not on the periphery. Absolutely. And I was really happy to see you on the some of the governor's task forces and things so that you are centered in those discussions. Thank you so much for this conversation. It's been such a pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you. I'm so, I was so excited to get your call and to I've heard of Well Women for a long time. Yeah. And I'm just so glad that it's continuing and that, you know, we're able to share and um, be connected to a community like this. That's it for our show today. Remember, if you need support to live your well woman life, head over to wellwomanlife.com. As a reminder, we are on NPR every week. So be sure to tune in at npr.org slash podcasts and search for the well woman show. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a moment and subscribe and leave a review. This helps raise visibility, which is super helpful when it comes to producing the show every week. For feedback, comments, or just to let me know you were listening, find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wellwomanlife. I'm Giovanna Rossi for The Well Woman Show. Until next time, have a super powerful week.